I know it's been like a few weeks, but what was your problem with that documentary I tried to show at the family gathering? Like, it's... I, I've been thinking about it, and I wanted to bring it up on the podcast, but, like, haven't had a chat since then. You've been sitting on this for, like, three weeks? Yeah, you know, I feel like I have a pretty good track record of picking videos for us to watch, and it was a smash hit with everybody but you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so, um, let's... take a step back and talk about which documentary we are referring to. It is a JFK documentary. Um, I think it's actually a blown up making the rounds on the YouTubes. Uh, do you, do you remember the, the, what, what's the name? What's the like creator? Uh, it's by let me know. And it's like the man in the window or something, or the man in the building. Uh, it's, it's the one about the, the shooting of JFK by almost certainly Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah. 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 So I guess that's kind of like it, in a nutshell, my issue with the documentary uh, was that they spent a whole lot of time and a whole lot of effort and a whole lot of CGI animation and a whole lot of voice recording and a whole lot of text and just a whole lot of documentation to get to the point of sometimes eyewitnesses are wrong. Right, but it was it was like a... And, and yeah, they... It, they kind of emphasize the extent that they got wrong, but like there, there was multiple just like, so block one, this person said this about the shooting. However, when you look at it, you realize that couldn't possibly have been the case. They were like 500 yards away. They couldn't have seen anything. Then this person said this about the shooting. Oh, by the way, they were wrong because this, 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 this person said this about the shooting. They were wrong because this, 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 and just again and again and again, like, and so they, it just stream after stream of the least reliable witnesses talking about like a mentally traumatic event of which none of them had a particularly good view of just none of them knew shit. And it's kind of frustrating to create a whole investigative documentary where the net results is shrug. We don't actually know. Well, uh, okay. Except we do like, we don't, we know more or less exactly what happened. Well, we a, talked to a lot well, of people who, who got it okay, wrong. Okay, A, that's not at all the outcome of the documentary, which you might know if you've, you'd watched the end of it. B, it's a really interesting breakdown of like a forensic reenactment of like a crime, of like a very high-profile one, so there's lots of data points and gathering of info and stuff, like after the fact. And C, uh... If it's just a lot of people talking about stuff, you know that's going to happen and you're not interested in that. Hey, Sam, what are we doing after, like, what are we doing when we start recording this thing? Man, I've been called out. Damn straight. (laughs) (laughs) When you're a professional fireman, you'll be honest, brave, and free. The soul of decency. You'll be loyal and fair and on the square, and most importantly... When you're a professional fighter, you're always in the best of Welcome to Brokusatsu, two brothers' exploration of Tokusatsu shows, related media, and other stuff that we just decided what we want to cover. Uh, I'm Harry. I'm Sam, and I'd like to apologize to uh, my recent partner in the Space Cats Peace Turtles Twilight Imperium Tournament. He was he was my ride or die, and I gotta be honest with you, Harry. I gotta be blunt with you. I got a lot more out of the relationship than he got. Um, like, I managed to take his efforts and use it to propel me almost towards the win, just like inches away from victory, whereas he had one planet remaining and it was a smoldering wreck. So feel a he, little bad about how that all broke down. So he was your ride and die, so to speak. Yes. Yes. Normally ride or die. This time he was ride and die. Also, he was a community member that looked up to me and was excited to be my partner. So there's that as well. Oh, I didn't realize you'd, uh, you'd gotten to such a level of the community that you could actually like, like crush people's dreams. No, Harry, I, I straight up got fans, like, with all with the, the essays that I put out on TI, and uh, just uh, my various commentary, like, yeah, I've got fans. 
you're you're at the stage you can fail someone. That's that's an accomplishment <laughs> I can only aspire to. And I did. I failed him so hard, and I didn't even win. Speaking of failing and not even winning, hey, we were <laughs> we were really betting on this show being a super sticker that we could laugh about, but shockingly enough, it like. This, it's turned out that everyone likes this season of One Piece and it's already getting renewed, and everyone, and it's pretty decent. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah, like, uh, if, yeah, we're talking about One Piece here today. We were going to do a live react, uh, but for various reasons. One, the strike. B, it sucked. Uh, we never ended up releasing, uh, that, uh, that episode. Yeah, so, I, I think, I think I'm good. I will, like, release it just because, you know, it's there and it's content, but... The first yeah. episode, it's basically just a pretty standard reenactment of the story up through, like, uh, the the first couple arcs where they fight Axe and Morgan. It's just that Nami shows up, like, a little early. And that's pretty much it, you know? It's it's like the comic version. And it was just... The, the react was just a lot of me saying, oh, that's slightly different than the comic version. And Sam so saying, oh, I don't know what that is, and you asking me a question and me, like, explaining some of it and not explaining others. Yeah. So you can look forward to that in the uh, in the watch along that we release at some point. Uh, you know, give it a download or don't. It's not like we have advertisements on this podcast. Like we we get nothing from you downloading it. Well, well, well we do have an advertisement segment, uh, like for this podcast actually. Oh, that's can... right. Uh, f- specifically for uh, Netflix, even though the strike is over, it is still very thematic uh, that we are advertising. Well, well, the the writer strike is over, but I think the actor strike is still continuing. Wait, really? I mean, I is know this, the is this still a struck series? I I don't know. Um, I I thought well, like because they have a tentative agreement, they haven't fully voted on it. I don't know if that covers the actors one. And also, just kind of separately, I think video game, like, voice actors are striking. Like, there, there's a weird wave of strikes going on, and, like, some of them are approaching resolution, but others aren't. But we kind of decided to do it anyways, and uh, by offsetting our, you know, <coughs> our scab footprint by talking about our sponsors, which this week is 1337x.to. Hey. <laughs> site you can get lots of great turns for tv shows at it's where i got these files now we're not saying you should do that we're not advocating going to that specific website all i'm saying it's it's very handy and reliable you know it's uh if you have your antivirus up dear god have your antivirus up but it's good (laughs) like i got these files i you know sometimes get game stuff on there i i got the video files from one of the next series we're covering uh that side doesn't know about yet but where are the odds that i suggest we do something and he wants to do something else so whatever yeah that's that's absolutely a fair read of the situation uh but yeah so you know uh even if the strikes are over netflix is still the worst screw them uh our advertiser this week is crime as as uh as our show starts well not not at the very beginning because the the episode begins with uh young luffy kind of in a flashback testing out his gum gum powers uh oh wait uh, are we skipping episode one but like, oh, like, I, I mean, okay, very, very quickly. Okay, so, one. like, Harry, uh, you you just said that it was, like, a competent reenacting of the comic. Are we are we to assume that people have read the comic? Like, no, you know I what? It, it, no, yeah, it, we'll do a recap. We'll do a recap. Uh, Sad, talk oh, about God. episode one. Well, fuck, now I walked into it. Like, okay, so here's the thing. It's also been a considerable amount of time, and it's been a busy-ass month. So, Harry, I don't remember episode one much. I remember liking it. I don't remember episode one a whole lot. At, at the beginning of episode one, there's a man being executed, like on um, it's like it's big theatrical execution. Yes, and uh, he this is Gold Roger, the legendary pirate who has finally been captured by the world government. He right? has awful that... teeth and yeah, a big and a... smile. Oh yeah, b- real big smile, r- real real oddly happy about the whole getting killed situation. And boy, does he get killed just right on camera. He gets double impaled by swords. Uh, but at, as he dies, he Seems tells the crowd. Seems a weird, like, I don't think we talked about this on the reenact, but that's a weird-ass execution method. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe Just it's... Double impaled, top down with swords, like, were, was he kicked off the scaffolding? Or just kind of left there to bleed? You know, 
he was a big enough enemy that the government might have on purpose done kind of like a worst level of execution because he was notorious he was the worst greatest pirate of you know his generation kind of of all time and he also had a final parting like poison pill for the world as i said he'd left all his treasure everything he'd accumulated in one piece somewhere on the ground line so hey everybody become a pirate and go look for it including the main character who uh we see starting episode one i believe floating in a barrel yeah Yep, just got to float get a barrel in the middle of the sea. Man, that's a bad look, but he's pretty chipper. Yeah, he gets picked up by a, uh, he gets picked up by Alvida's crew. Alvida is like a lady pirate who is, there's a lot of fat phobic jokes in the comic, but, mm-hmm. uh. They don't the weigh t- the hell down in yeah. the series. In the TV show, it's just like a lady who happens to be like, you know, full figured, but still quite beautiful because you know an actor I, there's not really ugly actors yeah like they have to take attractive people and just like you know skin disease them up teeth them up to make them like slightly less beautiful <laughs> like nobody ever tells an ugly person hey you should be an actor <laughs> like because they they need they need those kinds of roles like no only good looking people like try to become actors yeah uh but anyway she's alvina she's like got an iron club she beats people up with and there's a very put-down-upon uh, character on a ship, Kobe. Who's a nerd with glasses and suspiciously pale skin for working on a pirate ship. Yep, and pink hair. Because, Is I it mean, pink it's... pink hair or blonde pink or... It, it, it's it's full pink. It's fully pink. Like, you know, it's based on, like, an anime and a manga. And everybody's got, like, the anime hair colors. And in the show, they just have people have those hair colors. Because, you know, who gives a fuck? Like, Zoro, when he shows up, he just has green hair, because Zoro has green hair. That's fair. Absolutely fair. So, yeah, uh, Befriends the Nerd on the ship. Uh, our main character, Monkey D. Luffy. Uh, Monkey D. Luffy. Uh, he pops out of the barrel, looking for some food, and talking about how... It has been a while, but, you know, he, he's talking about how he wants to be, like, uh, the king of the pirates, and he's... Uh, I mean, I ha- whatever, I have the file, I can pull it up now. God. You know, don't don't podcast for like a month or so, and then totally third. Okay, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. The, the, it's interleaved with uh, uh. There's a brief, okay. There's a brief flashback to Monkey D. Luffy as a kid, uh, when he like, was cutting like, himself in the face, like yeah, happy-go-lucky kid, and also a bit of an edge lord at the same time. Yeah, trying to prove he could, he's tough enough to join Shanks's crew. Shanks is a pirate guy who's been coming to his home island. Uh, and, but Shanks is like, no, it's not a kid's game. So yeah, I'm tough, and stabs himself in the face. Showed that he's tough. Yeah. Anyway, not, back a, in... not his best play. Could easily have gotten infected. Anyway, back in present day, uh, Mikey D. Luffy, you know, he gets out of the, he meets Kobe, they talk a bit, uh, he beats up some people on the ship, like, he gets into a fight with Alvita, and kind of, like, wrecks the boat, largely with the use of his rubber powers. Yeah, it turns out that he's incredibly super stretchy, like, he can shoot his arms, like, what, 20, 30? Uh, they haven't really established a limit, it's a manga. <laughs> the limit is whatever the story calls for at the time. Yeah, like, there are rules to stuff, like, he does have limits to his powers, but, like, it it is still pretty uh, flexible, for lack yeah. of a better word. So, yeah, it also makes him more or less immune to blunt weaponry. I would imagine that slashing and piercing weapons in uh, D&D parlance would still... Uh, be quite lethal to him. Exactly. Uh, then we see Zoro uh, introducing a plot point from what will be season two of this show. He is approached by a man, like, number... Seven, I think? Yeah, number seven or so. Like, says, like, hey, I'm a, we're a secret organization, Broke Works, and, you know, you're pretty cool. You could join us and do some stuff. And Zoro says, fuck that. Like, if... it, You know, I... I really like how they write Zora for the series because he's cocky exactly the right size. If they want to recruit me, they should have sent somebody better than fucking number seven. And so he quickly kills the guy. Yes. Yeah. There's a very brief sword fight. Another flashback. Luffy as a kid, uh, he he eats like a fruit he finds on Shanks' ship when like he's kind of left alone and sad. There are some some like mountain bandits, like not pirates, but like mountain bandits that rough up the bar that Shanks is at and Shanks just kind of 
he he does the very calm thing where he lets him like throw a drink on him and he's like whatever i'll just clean it up like this is not a big deal yeah so just trying to teach a lesson to luffy that you know fighting is not always the answer nami shows up she steals a ship from a couple of very <laughs> clown dressed people uh yeah nami being like the not not she's not a love interest you know very clearly not a love interest like an equal member of the crew uh but she's like the girl on the ship right yeah like, like eventually they do get other girl but eventually that, yeah it takes a long time comic started in the 90s around the mid aughts they got a second woman yeah like i think in context the the cop when the comic started bill clinton was president and he hadn't been impeached yet great great that's a very specific time frame so they're hanging out at a bar on uh on an island where kind of all the main characters just meet out of coincidence luffy's there with kobe uh zoro's there like with a a pirate head that he's here to turn in and then someone insults someone at the bar fists start to get thrown and uh uh, Zoro, is it Zoro, Zora? It, it's it's Zoro, uh, you know, like the swordsman. Just straight up Zoro. Yeah, uh, I mean, some of the early translations called him Zolo, but that's the Japanese RL thing. Like it's, it's been confirmed by now, the translation is Zoro. Okay. And, so, and the guy, the guy who starts the far the fight is the son of the the local kind of marine captain, who's like a big beefy dude. Mm-hmm. The, the captain is a beefy dude. The son is very effete and uh, just real shithead. I mean, like, okay, okay, let, let's be blunt here. We actually see him, you know, more or less naked in a couple scenes. The dude is pretty built. He, yeah. He's playing but... himself as, like, you know, he's playing himself as not that. But the dude actually has quite a bit of muscle. Oh, yeah, like, there's a lot of characters on the show with, like, shirts off or, like, very open. Everybody's in pretty good shape. That 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 will be very hard to continue if the show goes for the decades it will need to adapt to the fucking source material. I very much think they're going to take an editor's hatchet to it. I mean, they already have, but like like I'm saying, the comic, the with this first season, they covered about a hundred issues of the comic, which sounds like a, a lot. Yeah. So, going at that rate, it, it would take ten seasons to get to where they are, like, in the comic now. And I don't think that's... Well, maybe it's possible. Hey, I mean, that's aspirational, and maybe they'll slow down. Like, it's still an ongoing series, right? One Piece hasn't ended. It's in its final arc. It, it's The arc is called Final Arc. So, oh, really? Yeah. I was not aware of that. Yeah, it's... The, the creators promised he's ending it soon. Probably for the best. It's... What, yeah. 30 plus years old? Yeah, I mean, the the creative berserk died, and I think, like, Oda, the creative One Piece, maybe wants to avoid that. And also, to be fair, he has been very good at setting things up, and he set up, like, a very wide world of characters and stuff, and, like, set up hierarchies of villains. Like, usually anime have their problem with, like, oh, this guy's the strongest, and then he needs to, like... You know, after the main characters beat him, they need to come up with another secret level or, like, introduce something. No, in One Piece, they set out the hierarchy pretty early, and the main characters very slowly start bumping their way up up it. And they finally kind of reach the top level, where they're fighting, like, the kings of the world. And it's an amazing buildup. Interesting. That's some genuinely impressive world building for, like, how, how old was this guy when he started making One Piece? I, I don't know. Hold on. Ichiro Oda... He is 48 years old? What? Holy fuck. So he was like 16 when this started? Uh. If he's 48 now, Harry. So One Piece was... He was 22. Okay. Okay. That's still really good. Yeah. So anyway, Zora gets arrested, yada, yada, yada. Uh, he gets struck up in the prison yard, uh... And they say that they're going to leave him there for seven days without food and water. And he's like, yep, that's fine with me. I'll be around to kick your ass afterwards. Mm -hmm. Luffy breaks him out, of course. They don't know each other yet, but uh, Luffy appreciated what he did in the fight. And so, you know, goes to make a new friend. Yep, Luffy kind of does this. He sees somebody cool nearby and he just asks them to be on his crew. And sometimes he bothers people enough that they eventually say yes. 
while this is happening, Nami, the competent one, is downstairs stealing a map. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, they're all competent at their own tasks. Like, it's just, Luffy is a goofball who has, like, natural, like, ability and charisma, like, just uh, clear thinking and stuff that will get through stuff. Zoro is an amazing swordsman, but Nami is, like, I mean, in the somewhat sexist way, like, in the show, it's not shown a big gulf, but, like, she's not as good of a fighter as the other people. Like, it, as as the comic eventually goes on, there's almost, like, a good fighter and not good fighter division amongst the crew, and Nami is in the not good fighter part of the crew. I mean, that's fair. She's, like, an yeah, incredibly she, useful crew member. Yeah, she's a thief. She's, like, the ship's navigator. She eventually gets some, like, cool tech stuff that she can do some tricks with. So would you say that Monkey D. Luffy is Ted Lasso, Zoro is Roy Kent, and Nami is Coach Beard? Um... I think uh, Nami is more. God, I, I only saw season one of Ted Lasso, and then everybody said that yeah, that was the right way to do it. Um, Actually, probably she's more Rebecca, right? Yeah, like the the man, the owner lady, mm-hmm. like very cutthroat bitch lady, like yes. self self described with a heart of gold. Yeah, exactly, one hundred percent. Cool. All right, so we got that settled. But yep, Nami's downstairs stealing a map. Uh, as Luffy is breaking out uh, Zoro, she has a brief uh, stick fight with a few of the guards there, takes him out, no problem, meets up with Monkey D. Luffy, who is also there to steal a map. Yep, it's a map to the Grand Line. Uh, and they, like, uh, there, there's some back and forth. Uh, Nami has to, like, pretend to the captain's face, like, uh, and manages to trick him by playing up to his ego, saying, like, oh, no, I asked to be here because you're such a great captain. Uh, and mm-hmm. eventually they find the safe and Nami has some trouble cracking it. So Luffy rips it out and throws it into the yard and that gets everybody together. And there is a big fight with actually pretty good choreography. Like, yeah, I gotta it, say it's, it, it's pretty good. The only qualm I have is that, and I mean, I'm not saying this is like an easy problem to solve, they don't really find a good way to do Zoro's special fighting style of he has a third sword in his mouth. They allude, like, for the most part, he's fighting with two swords, and then for his finisher, he appears to put a sword in his mouth. Yeah, and you know what? Honestly, I feel like a lot of the time, that's the way it goes in the comic. Like, he really only does the sword in the mouth for, like, the big final finishers. Okay, okay. I mean, it works. Like, you can't talk when he has a sword in his mouth. Like, whatever stunt actor and or maybe not a stunt actor like you know the the actor looks pretty limber maybe he's actually doing his own stuff oh yeah i think these people were chosen because they can like do their own stunts they think cool. you know it's as much as i mocked it it is kind of more toku ish anyway i think this uh, is eric i think this is american toku i think we got to accept that this is straight up american toku i'm kind of scrolling through the episode myself i just landed on like a still shot from the end which is a preview of like the season's final boss and like Boy, do the effects on him not look great. Hopefully it looks better when we actually meet him. Well, I mean, we'll find out if we actually start, like, going through the stuff. Um, but yeah, so they beat up Axe Hand. Uh, they get away with the map. Like, Zoro's just, like, carrying the entire safe on his back because everyone's super strong. Uh, and the nerd chooses to stay behind and join with the sea police, whatever the fuck they're called. The, the Marines. The Marines. Okay. And Luffy wishes them well, and hopes that they don't have to kill each other someday. And as we depart, we get a earlier introduction than in the comic of Garp, the uh, Vice Admiral, who uh, is kind of like hunting the pirates for this season. And a tiny bit of a teaser at the very end of a dude who was at the bar, who was also there to steal a map, uh, apparently, uh, with some funny anime hair. And he is a member of the Clown Crew. Yep, the Buggy Pirates. Uh, which takes us into episode two. Yay! So let me cue that one up, because I did not take notes, so I'm just doing this visually and by memory. So don't trust a goddamn thing I'm saying. All right, so this episode is actually much more different from its comic version than the first one. Okay, like how much of an arc did they condense into episode two? It's more like they... <coughs> the, the problem is, and you asking that question... 
it's that they both threw away one arc and introduced another, much more competently written one. Because One Piece is literally, like, just an action Looney Tunes series. Okay. I mean, they kind of get into that in this. Like, and I'm just going to say up top, like, so the Buggy the Clown uh, that they introduced this episode, is that his name? Did I get his name right? Yep, Buggy the Clown. Great. A lot more menacing than I was anticipating. Like, actually a genuine, legitimate threat to the crew. Like, we kind of interweave the rest of Luffy's backstory. Uh, So it starts off with him, like, training his, uh, like, pistol punch. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Makino, like, uh, one of the people who kind of helped raise Luffy on the island, explained, like, hey, Devil Fruits, they're, they're unique, they each give you a different power, but... One of the drawbacks is that you can't, the, the sea turns its back on you, you can't swim in it, and it, it like, fucks you up if you touch it. So, like, they, how bad does seawater fuck with people? It's like, you, you, uh, you, like, can't really coordinate or move your body. Uh, if you're, like, in seawater, like, you, you drown, basically, is the thing. Like, you can't swim, you drown. Like, if you're in seawater, like... If you're, like, partially in CUR or something, like, your powers usually don't work as well. Like, there's some flex... There's, again, like, some latitude, some ways to work around it. Um, but what about really... fresh water? Is it specifically salt water? Yeah, fresh water is fine. Okay. Yeah. So, like, if they're in a river or something, they're just fine. Yeah, if they're ever in a river on an island, if they're in a bath, they're fine. But, like, specifically, like, the sea and, like, the the ocean that, you know, the world's connected to. Okay. They would just want to take care of the whole backstory now and then just do the Bucky the Clown story altogether? Uh, yeah, sure. So, Luffy, uh, he he's practicing, like, with the, the punch and stuff, but, uh, like, Shanks, like, uh, he, even though Luffy is practicing his ability, Shanks still doesn't want to take him because the Grand Line is not a place for kids. And also, he's getting more, like, resources and supplies that they're planning to hit out. And at this point, they're not really expecting to, to come back. This trip is like, you know, they had some fun here on this island, but the Grand Line, you spend a lifetime there. Like, you know, and most people honestly don't come back. It's super fucking dangerous. Plus also, like, now Luffy can't swim. Like, it's a really bad idea to be on a boat if you can't swim. I mean, a fair number, you know, like, as you find out, a fair number of people, like, do cross the seas on boats, like, with devil fruit powers so it's it's not like unheard of or anything like it's there's a lot of devil fruit users that go on boats they just generally you know yeah have other people on the boats and i guess now that i'm thinking about it and saying it out loud like a ton of like old navy crews actually couldn't swim they yeah just, like if, if they fell in the water they died yeah like old sailors they they couldn't swim they had like gear and stuff like sometimes they wore armor like usually not but it's, you know, mad, mad overboard, like, and, you know, if the ship is moving and you fall over, what, is the ship gonna, like, stop on a dime and turn around and find you? Like... No, you're you're pretty fucked. Like, you stay on the boat anyways. Yeah, yeah. You don't swim in the ocean. Uh, Not in that so, ocean. So, um, uh, uh, but, uh, then, still, like, finishing out the, the background thing, the, the bandits come back, and they threaten Luffy and say they're gonna fuck him up, and then Shanks shows up and says, like, hey, you can you can pour a drink on me, insult me, whatever. I don't really care, but if you threaten my friends, I'll fucking kill you. And so they do. Like, Shanks' crew just brutally just takes out all these guys. Like, yeah. trivially, no problem. Uh, but the leader of the bandits grabs Luffy and runs away, kind of like as a hostage. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, get, they get on a little canoe, and, uh, like, he's kind of just paddling, trying to, to figure things out. When a sea king, which is like a giant fucking serpent, like of the ocean, shows up, they're they're a known thing in the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, shows up and attacks the boat and like knocks them both into the water. Uh, bandit dude gets got. Yes, and Luffy is drowning and is about to get got uh, when a second boat with Shanks comes up alongside him. Shanks pulls him into the boat. And then stares down the sea king and does something with his eyes. I'm assuming some kind of power ability talent something that caused the sea king to go away yeah so so pointing out shanks is able to pull luffy out out of the water he doesn't have a devil fruit but as i also mentioned in the 
the commentary track, there are like three kinds of power sets in the universe, just to make you more than like a normal human. One of which is Devil Fruits, one of which is being like a, of a different race, because there's fishmen, there's literal giants, there's like kind of just different types of people. And the third one, which is introduced way later, but is actually, again, really well hinted, is shown here. And at this point, it's basically just uh, using your pure willpower to do different types of stuff. And Shanks is one of the better people at it. Cool. Uh, so Shanks saves Luffy. And it's only after the Sea King is driven off and things calm down that Luffy realizes Shanks got his arm bit off. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, so Shanks now has one arm. A little bit of an impediment to a person on the sea, but he seems competent enough to not let it slow him down too much. Yeah, hey, pirates lose limbs all the time. It's a known thing. And Shanks says, eh, it's just an arm, you know? I'm, I'm glad you're safe. So Luffy is super fucking sad at this. And he apologizes to Shanks, tells him he isn't ready, but that someday he will be, and he'll be his own captain, and he's going to be strong enough to conquer the Grand Line on his own. And this impresses Shanks enough that he says, you know, you can have this hat of mine. It's the most important thing I have, and I think you've, you deserve it. Yeah, so that is where Luffy gets his straw hat. Uh, cut back to modern day. So L Luffy is super fucking stoked that uh, they did this because it's his first real pirate heist. And Nami is being annoyed at Luffy, like, running around and talking about this because she's trying to, like, pick the lock on the chest and needs perfect silence. Because, you know, she's doing that whole ear to the uh, ear to the safe thing. Like, she is listening for the gears turning. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it, it, she absolutely needs silence and no one is giving it to her. But she does eventually get it open and they now have a map to the Grand Line. Luffy can't really read it, so Nami gets a brief explanation of the way the world works. That there's four different there's four different quadrants. The world is divided into north, uh, north, east, west, and south. They're in east blue, uh, and like there's the red line, which is like kind of a it it divides the hemispheres of the planet basically, uh, mm -hmm. and then there's the grand line, which is the equatorial region which uh, is where there's the most, like, treasure and stuff, but also, like, the weather's super dangerous. And it's a super gnarly place to be. Uh, and as they're talking about this and thinking about plans, uh, there's a cannon shot, and they're hit with a gas attack. Yep, the whole screen goes red, and very quickly our heroes are disabled. Like, uh, all completely disabled, knocked out. Yeah. Uh, like, Luffy just barely has enough time to take the map and swallow it using his rubber powers to keep it safe. That is incredibly gross. Like, has so many questions about his digestive system. I mean, yeah. I mean, we're, we're still in early days as far as body horror for this series. Like, it, it goes some places. Which is saying something, considering the remainder of this episode. The, the trio wake up inside a large crate, and they're freaking out because they think they've been taken uh, captive by Marines, and Zoro just wants to break out and beat up everyone he can see. Uh, but Luffy points out, no, no, no. As, as I was being knocked out, I saw a Jolly Roger on the ship. So this is some variety of pirate. Uh, the crate then uh, cracks open and they are revealed to be in the center of a large circus. Circus being run by different clowns. And like there are like very dirty and bedraggled civilians chained up in the audience seats and being forced to like laugh and clap as people hold up signs. Yeah, we'll get a little bit more, because uh, Nami soon is going to, like, kind of escape for a second and take a look at the town outside and realize, like, it's been decimated. Like, this is <coughs> all the survivors of the town trapped and chained inside this arena. So, I'll just say in the comic, like, none of this stuff in the in the carnival happened. Like, uh, Buggy was, like, a pretty different character. He's mostly just a greedy guy. Uh, and, like, he's he showed up, he's wrecking the town with the cannonballs, there's there's a plot line with, like, a a pet shop and, like, a dog guarding it, kind of like the Hachiko thing, and the mayor who shows up, and the mayor technically is a character in this episode, but you don't recognize him by his hair. Uh, the lion tamer is a character who has, like, a giant lion that there's a lion fight with, but in this one, Buggy kind of live chases it by saying, like, he, so as people 
do like an initial show with like the dancers and stuff. Buggy marches in and says, nope, you're doing it all wrong. You missed my cue. Like, you're not laughing right. And where is the line? Hey, I love a little bit of a lampshade. Like, you know, uh, the budgets uh, and logistics do not allow this fight to take place. So I, we're going to mention I, it and move on. I, I don't know, though. Like, if if they don't want to show this lion, there's some stuff later on. Well, maybe they're maybe they're saving money. Like, um, it's, you know also, what, just, it's also just time and punchiness. Because, Harry, this episode is pretty punchy. If they had yeah. another fight here, it it might be the fight too long. Yeah, like, uh, I mean, I'm not complaining, really, because the line fight is not super important. It's just, like, I'm pointing out some of the stuff that they cut out. And that's fair. It's absolute... Uh, it, it's fair that they cut it out. You can't you can't do 100 issues in a single 10-episode season and not leave some stuff on the floor. And so you look for the stuff that's both high production value and doesn't really matter to the plot. That's what goes. Yeah. So, in this, Buggy is a very fun, kind of, like, perfectionist uh, showman. Where he's criticizing everybody doing the staging, and he's, like, explicitly putting on a circus for the crew, and uh, making them laugh. And, like, he does have the thing where uh, when uh, Monkey D. Luffy says he knows about him, he freaks out because he thought Luffy's making fun of his nose. Because his nose, like, Buggy the Clown basically had to adopt this persona because he has a fucking weird-ass nose that looks like a clown nose. He's, he's like, I'm going to lead into it. Was that like a birth thing, or did that happen when he ate the devil fruit? No, that was before. He just has a weird fucked-up nose. Oh, okay. Okay, so he had a weird fucked-up nose. It looks like a clown nose. It's not a clown nose. That's actually pretty rough. So he doesn't know who Luffy is, because Luffy's still new. But when Zoro says that, you know, he gives the pirates a chance to surrender. Buggy points out, you don't have your swords on you. Uh, Nami reveals that Luffy is a rubber man and uses that as kind of a distraction to run outside and see the level town. Now, we do... Uh, we're cutting back a little bit. Um, let's deal with the marine stuff at the very end, okay? Yeah, okay. So, the next few sequences of the... Uh, of the circus is that the characters are separated. They're locked in their cages. None of them are really like set on being a crew just yet. Yes. They like, they all escaped together, but they're not really signed on as being a team. And oh, that, that seems to be the whole arc of this episode. Yeah. Which is interesting. Cause like Nami like is kind of tangentially on the crew after this. Like she doesn't swear allegiance or anything, but Zoro did, uh, fully swear to being in Luffy's crew in the last episode, or, like, in, like when he fought Morgan, basically saying, like, hey, I need to be the greatest swordsman in the world. If you let me follow that dream, I'll follow you, but otherwise I'll fucking kill myself. And Luffy's like, no, I'm gonna be the best pirate in the world, so that's great, that super fits. And I assume that they're waiting on that, because I know there's... Because there's a very great episode for them to interweave that specific type of thing with his dramatic backstory. Like in episode five or six, probably six, they're going to show that. Mark my Great. words. Looking forward to it. We're going to do two of these every month and a half. So it's going to take us a couple months to get there. I, I hope. Let, let's try to do this like the, like next week or maybe the, the week after, Sam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let, let's try to do this one fast. I'm actually enjoying the show. I'm, I'm a little bummed that I haven't been able to watch ahead. Yeah. I mean... Alright, you can't pitch us all in a certain weird way, Sam, because, like, the structure of this episode is is designed around, like, it This it was kind of like showing off Nami and introducing her to the crew, because in the comic, like, she, she gets close to Buggy by, like, capturing Luffy and selling him off to him, and, like, kind of trying to infiltrate his crew, but then she refuses to then shoot Luffy with, like, a cannon, uh, like, to fully turn on him. That's, like, showing, kind of showing her moment. Uh, and, but in this one... Really, they're using Buggy interrogating Luffy as a method to do more of his backstory that we already mentioned and covered. Mm -hmm. uh, but Buggy, like, does mention... Uh, well, Buggy is, like, putting Luffy on a rack and uh, stretching him out further and further. and says, oh, you know, this isn't working. Let's put some civilians on the rack, which is enough to get Luffy to break out and punch his head off. Yep, and he's fine. Like, so Buggy the Cloud can kind of come apart and all his body parts like float and act independently of each other which is 
a nice shocking little bit of body horror and also extremely effective in combat. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a uh, chop chop man. He he's kind of like Monsoon from Metal Gear Revengeance. Or I think Arm Fall Off Boy from uh, uh, the second Suicide Squad movie. I did not see that one. I know I should because apparently it was pretty good. It was considerably better than the first. It left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth, but I mean, take that, take that into advisement. So, so what sour taste in your mouth is like? The first one was like just eating a couple saltines and then being done. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. It is in every way better than the first movie. Uh, so, and Buggy, like, you know, he he sends his hand behind Luffy and hits him with another gas bomb. And, uh, yeah, that's that puts him back down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zoro, like, they're, they're really, like, <laughs> Zoro was only, like, a bounty hunter for, like, the first couple issues of the comic and then it really didn't matter. But they're really pumping up this backstory because... Kabaji, the 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 acrobat of the clown troop, angrily unicycles into the room he's captured in, and then gets off and says, "You murdered my brother." Uh, to which Zoro, of course, says, "Hey, I've murdered a lot of people. You're gonna have to be more specific." Yeah, it was a Tuesday for me, man. He says, "Well, you, you cut his head off and stuffed it in a sack for a couple berry, which is the money in this world." And Zoro says, "Yeah, that sounds like me." And then he mm-hmm. punches him in the gut. And then starts to throw knives at Zoro as he is, you know, being spun around on a, uh, one of those, like, knife spinner thingy thingies. Yeah, one of those things you put people on and then spin to throw knives at them. Yeah, you know? ev- everyone knows what I'm talking about. Everyone has one of those in their home. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, they're a staple at, at every store. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, this is happening. Uh, Nami is furiously uh, lockpicking her cage and uh, Luffy is being tortured by being stuck in a uh, glass cage and having seawater pumped into it. Uh, so, yeah, that is a way to keep uh, devil fruit people captive. Mm-hmm. I also, I wonder, like, eventually they introduce in the comic, there's also, like, kind of sea stone, which is, like, uh, a type of, like, mineral from, like, uh, sea salt infused into it and that type of stuff that you can also do some stuff with, but... I assume that's a little bit rare and harder to work with than just throwing salt water into a, into like a bucket. And maybe they'll get into it. Like maybe people will start to use like muskets loaded with it. So at the Marine base. Oh, wait, you said to cover that. What? Oh, Sam, wait, we, let's cover the Marine stuff now. Sam, Sam, what have you done? Sam, th- if this episode is three interweaving structures that all play off each other. He has cover one of them fully at the start and then one of them fully at the end. And like... I know that structure makes sense to me, Harry. That's because you haven't watched the episode for like three weeks. I'm, I'm exactly. Going the, I'm going off the notes. Fine, let's talk about the marine stuff. No, so no, the nerd let's... is a marine now. No, let's not. We're watch watch the show. It turns out is the advice we're giving because like <laughs> it's pretty fun to watch. But like Buggy, uh, he mentions that he he was on a crew with Shanks and. And the comic goes a bit more into this. Like they were, they were part of Whitebeard's crew, which is a famous, pretty famous uh, pirate. We might get into, and uh, like uh, Buggy. In, so in the comic, he's actually less interested in being famous and successful, and he really just wants money and treasure. And like, instead of being like an actor performer, he's more of just the butt of a lot of jokes because everyone makes fun of his nose and. He gets a devil fruit, but he doesn't actually want to eat it. He wants to sell it because they're worth, like, hundreds of millions of berry. They're like a superpower in, a, in like, a fruit you can eat, like anybody. So he he tries to hide it, and also he has the secret to, like, a under underwater huge treasure, like, dump. Like, it could make him set for life. So he wants to get out with those two things, but then he has to hide the fruit in his mouth because Shanks walks into him, like, when he's just in his quarters, then... Shanks slaps him on the back because they're such good friends and he accidentally swallows the fruit. So he didn't even want the powers. Oh no. Yeah. So that's why yeah, and he's super, super angry when when Luffy shows up. Okay. But uh, yeah, in this one he just used the thing. Uh, So Kabaji in, in the comic, again, pointing out one thing, there was a big acrobat sword fight between Kabaji and Zoro where he was like, doing tricks on his unicycle, like, going up and down buildings and, like, using spinning tops that he would, like, throw at him. 
Uh, this one, he just gets choked out and falls asleep. But he's alive. Like, maybe there will be a fight in a future episode. Oh, yeah. Well, that's also a thing in One Piece. Like, very few villains actually get killed. So they kind of just tend to accumulate at the background of stories. And because it's been going for thousands of chapters, like, there's fucking hundreds and hundreds of characters. Hmm. And, and really, like I said, because we're coming towards the end of the series, there's going to be one fucking massive fucking, like, portals moment, like, from Endgame coming up soon. Great. Great. Looking, looking forward to seeing that in ten years. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Nami and Zoro have broken out, and they get uh, they get Luffy out of the glass cage. Yeah, and so now the three of them are fighting. Yep, they all they all fight him, and Zoro encounters the same problem as he did in the comic, uh, where he tries to fight Buggy by slicing him with the swords, and he just comes apart, but then comes back together, and it doesn't really affect him, mm-hmm. and uh, so. Luffy is fighting him for a bit and, like, grabs him off his hands and comes upon the thing of, like, just throwing different pieces of him to his friends so that they can lock them in cages and boxes. Which is quite effective. They turn him just into a head standing on two little feet. Yep. And that largely happens in the comic. Like, uh, I mean, it's like a fight going on with Luffy uh, kind of having to use misdirection to, like, you know, because he can divide his parts, but, like... If he doesn't see an attack coming, it can still, like, hit him with bludgeoning damage. He's, like, the reverse of Luffy, where he's immune to slashing, but not to bludgeoning. So Luffy just needs to attack different parts and gets distracted. And Nami kind of shows off by stealing all of his parts, so that's her thing in the comic. But anyway, it ends up in the same way. He's the cute little hands, feet, and head thing. And Luffy shoves him away with a giant uh, gum-gum bazooka attack. Does he stay that way, or does he get his body back? He, he gets his body back, although there's a fun thing in the One Piece comics where, like, he will, like, when the creator, he'll have, like, a title page for each individual issue, and he'll, like, draw an image of it. It could just be, like, you know, something in the nearby settings, like, uh, just, you know, if they're on an island, he'll show some of the environment or, like, a character looking cool. But sometimes he'll, like, show one image from, like, another character having uh adventure somewhere else in the world. And for Buggy, he had, like, like, 20 or so issues where, like, Buggy just, like, hands and feet trying to find his missing body parts and being, like, bullied by creatures and stuff. It was just, like, kind of like a joke thing that happens. Uh, that sounds delightful and also just straight up horror. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a fun, well-made comic. And this is, this is a fun, well-made show. Uh, so now that, uh, uh, now that the clouds has been defeated, uh, the One Piece crew, uh, release... Uh, all the townsfolk who are confused, like, wait, you're pirates. And Luffy, of course, is like, no, we're different kind of pirates. We're nice pirates, which I would argue is not actually real pirates. Uh, most pirates are utter bastards, but... Well, actually, historically, a lot of piracy was the result of, like, rebelling against specific, like, uh, sailor, like, naval practices. Like, you, you were shanghaied by legitimate navies. Like, they would trick and force you into taking the king's shilling, which meant you were legally entitled to go into their crew and if you tried to get off you would go to jail and like they were super strict and like beat you and like rationed you and like mutinies and stuff were because of the terrible treatment and also a lot of pirates were escaped slaves and stuff and like fighting against legitimate capitalist stuff like yeah there were there were shitty robbers and murderers but also like it was fighting against an oppressive power like modern day modern day pirates are like a complicated issue because of like weird geopolitics stuff and like regions being ruined by corporate interests and them losing their legitimate uh legitimate like uh methods of sustenance mm-hmm. what i'm trying to say is that one piece is actually very intricate geopolitical <laughs> <laughs> i mean I'm, involving I'm a jo- guy with stretchy arms i mean i'm joking but then again one piece has been going long enough that a kid who started reading it at 10 like, for the story of, oh, some fun pirates. Now they're in their 30s, like, voting and making decisions, and they know that fascism is bad and the government should not be trusted. Like, Good on you, One Piece. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, and then, so then they get back to the ship, and Nami, uh, like, makes a secret radio call to someone. Yes. Uh, she, of course, has, like, a super secret past. She's been reluctant to talk about her past. And, yeah, she's, like, working a, she's working a side game. 
Yeah. It's fine. Of course she's working a side game. We all knew this. Yeah. Uh, and then... Alright, and final loop back around to the marine arc, <laughs> I guess. Why'd you do this, Sam? Why? Well, it's not really a marine arc, because, like, it's... An inspector shows up at the marine to investigate the break-in previously. Axehand, of course, talked up his own uh, actions and didn't really give an accurate portrayal. Uh, the investigator and the sub-admiral realize that the nerd... Uh, kind of assisted the pirates, and so they're interrogating him. But once they figure out the name of the main character, they don't punish the nerd. They instead recruit him to help him go and find them. Yep. Garp is pretty sharp. He he was able to see through Morgan's bullshit and sees the good in Kobe. So, yeah. now And he has a specific speech saying, hey, we could fight and kill pirates forever. It doesn't matter. We need to destroy their dreams. Like, we need to destroy their... He's going after them philosophically. Which is kind of true to his character, but also hilarious, given, like, the way he usually does stuff. <laughs> like, he's not he's not a thinker, I would say. Like, it's weird, because, like I said, it's a Looney Tunes action comic, and these characters have philosophy, but it's, like, not wrong. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, so that's One Piece. Yeah, and uh, I checked. The next two episodes are very clear and definite arc. Okay. So we're covering the next two next time. All right, so we will watch the next two uh, together, and we will have that out uh, either next week or a month and a half from now. One or the other. Yeah. Nothing in between. It, yeah, if things are going well, it'll be out in a week. If another family member dies or one of us has a nervous breakdown, it'll be out in 2025. So, cool. So look forward to that. You know... This podcast is a fucking mess, but <laughs> but what what's not a fucking mess, Sam? The fact that we're going to be dancing the entire time until the next episode comes out. We're going to keep dancing. Keep dancing. Mm-hmm.